Hello, I'm Madeline. And I'm Elise. And welcome to You Know That's Right, a creative writing club in your own home. This week, we're going to be talking about writing styles. Now, we're going to try to keep following our structure here where we're going to define what we mean by that, provide some examples and elements that make up that term. Then we're going to shift to talking about examples in books we've read or shows we've seen or even movies because in writing is writing as well. All writing matters here. And then we're going to shift to talking about how we deal with this concept in our own writing. As far as defining writing style, I have a simple definition written out here as just elements that make up the narrative voice. Mm-hmm. So this is when you're reading a book, it's like no dialogue. It's just the voice, the person or being thing that the author is using. The to, yeah, the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Do you have any different descriptors? Not really. I'd say pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of different elements. Right. It took me a while to write all of these down, and then I kept coming back to put in other elements of writing style that I noticed. Um, The first, probably the most important one, is the point of view. Mm-hmm. The point of view from which the story is told. So it does kind of set the tone, I feel like, yes. for the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, typically, you write in first person and third person. I write in third person most of the time. I've tried writing in first person, but usually, like, I just, I don't know why. I respect authors who do that and can do that, but for me, it's just harder. Mm-hmm. I guess because it's not my writing style. <laughs> yeah, I think point of view and first person or third person are a little different from each other. There would be a little distinction. Um, So point of view can be like just the lens from where your story is. Okay. Are we looking at it from the perspective of our protagonists? Are we looking at it from the perspective of our villain? Are we looking at it from some third indifferent party? Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. from what angle is the story being? Yeah, told? yeah. Okay. But I think that does closely tie in with first or third person, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, which first person is when the author uses I and we and terms like that. So you're in the head of one of the characters mm-hmm. in the story. Usually the main character. I think almost, I think always the main character. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't get any more main than being in their head and then you have third person which tends to be like they um, yeah I think you can come at that from a lot of different ways as well so you can have an omniscient narrator someone who can like look into everybody's thoughts and with that there's less of a main character I think one, if everybody's like thoughts and feelings are out on the table for the reader to see, mm-hmm. or they can just focus on one character's thoughts while still telling it in the third mm-hmm. person. Or I think there's also a more indifferent type of thing where we don't know anybody's motives. We're just getting a play by play of what is happening and what is being said right. without any thoughts in the way. 
where it's like you're observing directly like if yeah. you were there yeah you would it's be like able to know yeah it's it's like in um it's like it's yeah. kind of like watching a movie yeah it's like watching a movie or in a christmas carol mm. when he goes with the ghosts and he's just like looking from an outsider's perspective i like that yeah, yeah. so those are two very important elements of writing style that really define your narrator i also have the genre of the book or story or play whatever it is Genre can be a very determining factor. Right away, there's three big genres, and then there's sub-genres in there. There's children's, YA, and adult. And I think that certain points of view and person, like first or third person, tend to go with each of those. Mm -hmm. I think YA heavily leans on first-person narratives. I would agree. Because for young adult books and stories they oftentimes focus on characters so like yeah you want to know what that person's thinking because they're for typically uh teens and young adults when they read a book a lot of times they like to relate to the characters in a way there's a lot of coming of age stories i think and oftentimes those are best told from first person yeah and then with children's books, I think a lot of time third person is used yes. just to make it more understandable. There's a lot of difficult concepts that can be introduced with first person narrative. A lot of introspection. Yes. Which, depending on what age range your children's book falls into, you might not want to get into that. And then for adult, I think it's really just a toss up between first person or third yeah. person i've definitely seen both intersprinkled i think i have like you're saying seen always third person in children's most of the time but i do see like sometimes third person in ya yeah yeah sometimes same here okay and then there's the element or advice really of show don't tell and when to use that and that is less um determinant of your voice and more determinant of being able to draw your reader in so it's knowing when to just describe the different things that are happening and stuff like that rather than just saying for instance she was sad or i was sad and instead saying like i felt this and i felt like tears and you know just Describing all the things that will lead the reader to understand, oh, this character is sad. Um, And that can be tricky to work with. Yeah. And then we have the focus of the narrator, or not really the narrator, but the focus of the story. You mentioned this earlier Mm -hmm. uh, with YA typically focusing on characters a lot. And so I think there can be like three main focuses in a story. Like plot central yeah, plot like central, character central, character central, and then I think world building central. Oh, yeah. like, I'd say for world building central, you have like Aragon and stuff, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, the inheritance cycle, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you have different, yeah. Yes, and those really help determine the tone and what kind of book you're going for. Yes. And I forgot to mention this when we were talking about genre a minute ago. Um, I forgot to get into the more subgenre e genres. 
So with you within adult YA and children's, you have like mystery, coming of age, fantasy, historical fiction, adventure, adventure, yeah, all of those, and that can really help determine your writing style as well. For instance, in a more action-based genre, you don't, you probably do not want to dwell on descriptions as much, but perhaps in a more fantasy-based genre, descriptions of fantasy elements would be more helpful. Yes. Then I have three things that are a little bit more unique and they don't they're not really a given when it comes to writing styles. It's mm-hmm. just some unique elements of certain writing styles that I've seen. First one I have is uh epistles, an epistle oh. narrative. So like Frankenstein, Dracula. So are you thinking like um books uh centered around letters or more just like so with Frankenstein you have uh to where a letter sets the tone of the story it's like completed and or begun and completed with a letter and so and but then the story begins and like it's not the whole story isn't a letter um although I think you can have that too it's a story within a story um yes so like with Frankenstein it's not just begins and ends with a letter Mm -hmm. the whole thing is a letter uh written by the ship captain yeah to his sister or researcher i don't think he was actually the ship captain i think he was just a researcher and he Mm -hmm. got a crew together i forget what his name is it's like it starts with a letter but then like the rest of it isn't written in the style of letter but it's from it's not necessarily from his perspective yeah so he writes the letter and it begins with his story of being on the ship but Mm -hmm. then Frankenstein comes and he starts telling his story within the letters. Yes. And then you go even farther later it's on. Kind of meta. Yeah. <laughs> with the creature telling his, his story, story within Victor's story within the letter. Yes. And then it ends with letters, you get like closure. Yes. Dracula is a lot different. It's actually really, really cool because it's not just one single mm-hmm. letter. Dracula follows the diary entries and letters of several different characters. So you have Jonathan Harker, Mina Harker, uh, Van Helsing, and Dr. John Seward. I think those are the main characters whose works you read. So you have letters, diary entries. That's cool. Yeah, so... The narrative has like four different first person narratives within it and you put it all together and it's one of the things about Dracula that make it such a good read. I can't think of another Well, you're talking about diary entries. Can I suggest um do you remember those books? The um what were they called? Dear America the Dear America series that we were yes. really into. Yes, those were really cool and they were just literally diaries. Yeah. And then another unique characteristic of a writing style that I've noticed that I really enjoy is the interrupting narrator. Oh, I do like that. The, yeah, the one who will essentially break the fourth wall or yes. something similar. And so you'll have the story happening, but right in the middle of it, the narrator will just kind of break in and be like, by the way, or he'll or they'll provide their own thoughts, or they'll directly talk to the reader, something like that. And that can be very fun. Mm -hmm. It can be very fun. Depending on the tone of your story, sometimes 
as a scene detective, and it's weird. It works really well with comedies, obviously, yes. but then I think I've seen some more serious books where it works well. Yes, definitely. And it's more subtle in those, yeah. I think. It's not really a, hello, let me just tell you my thoughts on what is happening, and it's more like a, I, you, know, you like, probably know what we're talking it's about. Like, and reader, and it like addresses the reader. Yes. Like, and your reader. And it's just like a line. I think that's, yeah, that tends to be more of an older writing style thing. But I have seen some newer writing styles where they use very liberally. And I'll (laughs) get into that in the examples. Um, Then the last bit of writing style elements that I have that I really like is purple prose. Wait, define. Okay. So purple prose, it's often described negatively, but it's when the author uses very elaborate intricate descriptions okay, so like poet like kind of poetic descriptions like yes okay. yes poetic descriptions and they just okay. the writing is very like not delicate it's intricate and it's flowery. think yeah flowery oh, okay. but i think this gets um talked about negatively a lot but it i does. think it's only for poor examples of mm-hmm. that, so I think it can be done well. I yes. read books, and I think that like if you do it overwhelmingly, and that's like the like the main focus of your story, I can see why it would be why it would be a negative thing. But I've read books where I'm like reading a description, and I'm like, oh, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it can be used in a lot of really cool ways. So you can use purple prose and describe something that is very symbolic to the story you can use it to incorporate like metaphors or foreshadowing stuff like that and so i think if it's done well then it i i just love purple prose honestly yeah it's got a such a fun name too (laughs) prose um my favorite color all right so did you have anything other elements of writing styles written no, I don't think so. Mine are kind of all my notes are kind of all over the place, but I don't think I have any other elements that I would add. Okay. Well, we'll shift into examples then. Okay. So I think my three favorites that I have written here are Harry Potter, The Raven Boys, and Six of Crows. I really love these writing styles. Harry Potter, the writing style is just so immersive. It's not first person. But it's one of those that really gets into Harry's head and you see all of his thoughts and it's articulated so well. It's really amazing. Raven Boys. Oh, I know. These were my favorite examples of third person literature. Mm. So Raven Boys is also third person and it jumps from character to character. Mm. And then Six of Crows sort of does the same thing as Raven, Raven Boys. And these the writing styles here are just both like, immaculate the vibes are immaculate the vibes <laughs> do you have any examples of third person um i mean i tend to read i tend to read from third person books i don't know why mm-hmm. so a lot of the like my favorite books are third person yes so like almost all of the ones that i probably mentioned in the author's episode are mm-hmm. so like you know I mean, like, Lord of the Rings is third person. You have yeah. um, just a couple of newer books that I like that are third person. Um, 
Although I've been really into um, Brandon Sanderson lately, and he does a little bit of first person sometimes. Yeah. So I do like both. I think both can be done well. Yeah. For first person, I have Hunger Games and Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Again, both of these, one of them is YA Hunger Games, and then the other is Children's. But I think that Percy Jackson is more of an older kids book. Um, Both of these do first person very well, I think. Hunger Games feels like you're reading someone's thoughts. Mm. It's very, very well done. And then Percy Jackson, we all know and love the snarky, sarcastic tone of middle school uh, son of Poseidon. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. It's a, it can be a little childish to look back on, but I yes. think he does the first person very well. Um, okay, and then for shifting perspective, so it goes from character to character. Mm-hmm. I have Heroes of Olympus, yes, which is the sequel series to Percy Jackson. That's the main thing I was thinking of. Yeah, I think a lot of people were mad because in Percy Jackson, the original series, he had all these very fun chapter names. Yeah. Um, but then oh. in Heroes of Olympus, they would just be titled with whichever character we're looking at for their point of view, which I think is clever. I mean, I not clever, but <laughs> useful. Yeah, I think that I kind of miss the fun chapter names. And like, I don't know, it's like, for me... As a reader, I'd be like, oh, man, if it was, like, a character I didn't like it, so I'd be like, oh, man, a, a chapter from their point of view. It would, like, <laughs> kind of, like, make me annoyed, but... Yeah, I think it, that can be the one downfall of switching point of views during <laughs> a book, is that sometimes we have favorite characters, even if they're all the main character. Sometimes we oh. have favorite characters, and we just want to hear from the one. And then I also have Six of Crows and The Raven Cycle, which, again, both switch point of views. Um, I think that's become a very common trope in YA fiction. Um, There's also a very distinct tonal shift between different eras of literature, I think, like classics versus modern literature. Mm -hmm. I think... I actually learned about this in my college class. Um, We had to read some books that we thought were all very dry. Right. Um, But our professor explained to us that back then, when they didn't have TV or video games or anything like that, um, this was their entertainment. Like, they would read the book out loud to the family, and they would, like, reread their favorite passages and stuff. And so uh, common classic tropes, like the shopping trip, or something oh. like that that's full of description. Yeah. People loved that. And it was something like the TV tropes we look at today. Yeah. That's so interesting. Whereas today we tend to fo- we tend to tell authors to focus more on doing and yes. not just descriptions. Dorian Gray, I think, is a good example. Oh my of gosh. Purple prose. See, I read that and I was like, the descriptions. The man yes. has an entire chapter, the man as an Oscar Wilde, <laughs> has an entire chapter dedicated to describing all of the things that Dorian begins to collect. Yes, I liked that chapter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not for everyone, but if you yeah. like Purple Crows, then Dorian Gray would be an excellent, excellent book for you. Yes. Okay, and then I think I have examples here of books that either focus on more of the world or more of the characters. 
So I have Aragon, which we mentioned earlier, yes. Lord of the Rings, and Six of Crows all really tend to focus on the world and the world yes. building. I think I yeah. Tolkien especially is known for world his building. world building, so I think that's no but surprise. But he's so well-rounded. I don't, I mean, it's not a bad thing for the main focus, but like that his, like he also, I think he also does characters really well, and you also like yes. his like plot, the plot line of Lord of the Rings is like iconic. So yeah. it's like, you could almost look at it from different angles each time you read it. Yeah. I so think his cool. most prominent element, though, is the world building. Right, because he's so elaborate with it. Yeah. Like, the languages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the man constructs entire languages. So then for character-based, I have Percy Jackson. Yes. And the Raven Boys. Those are both very character-based. And if you want to write a more character-based book, a good idea to do that might be to put them in a setting that is familiar to the audience. So Raven Boys is set in 90s Virginia or early 2000s Virginia. And then Percy Jackson is set in like modern New York. And they do travel around a little bit and go to some fantastical places, but it's mostly on the characters and you don't get too much description of the setting. It's a very simple setting generally. Yes. Uh, this is my all-time favorite example of an interrupting narrator, and that is the Secret Series, uh, which I think we mentioned in our favorite authors and books. Mm-hmm. I think that got an honorary mention, but the Secret Series, the entire narrative is based on the fact that the person telling it, he's got firsthand experience and he's like the whole thing is secret you're not really he's not really supposed to be writing this and he will uh frequently interrupt the story and be like you know what i'm not going any further with this i've had enough reader i'm sorry but i'm not gonna write anymore here so goodbye um but then he always eventually convinces himself to finish the story so it's very funny. Which very reminds funny. me on a more dreary note of a um, series of unfortunate events because yeah. the narrator is always like, oh, this is so sad. You don't want to read any further. And that's a totally like present narrator. Yes. I think a lot of children's series yes. like that, the more quirky, non-traditional story series mm-hmm. tend to use that sort of narrator. And it's very fun. Yes. Do you have any more examples of any kind? Okay. So now I guess we'll shift into talking about our own writing. What do you have? So where do we want to start? Do we want to start with personal? It doesn't really matter. Okay, so I tend to write from third person. I have written from first person. And I think I tell mostly from the main character's point of view, but I do um, shift perspectives. And so it is like you have like three main characters and like the story is being told from Mm -hmm. their angle. And that's kind of, I tend to do the same thing in my other stories where I have a like small cast and like you have like the main characters are telling the story. I've always thought that the trope where the villain tells the story is really cool, but never gotten into that in my own writing. So yeah, for me, I still have not made up my mind (laughs) for my main uh, work, The Luminex. I have always wanted to do first person. Like, that's how I started. That's I've always done first person. But then more recently, I've tried out third person 
But then I accidentally switched back to first person when I was writing, like, absentmindedly. So who knows? I know I do want to shift perspectives, at least book two. Mm-hmm. So that might be a determinant. I have seen where you have it's written in first person, and then you have, like, a character from, or a character from another character's point of view in third person. I might do that. Yeah. yeah I might. Which I don't mind as a reader. Yeah. I think it can also be a little dangerous to kind of play around with perspective in ways that readers aren't really used to because it might be confusing but who knows okay what else is unique about your writing style we mentioned um chapter names i i like to name my chapters i know a lot of people are see chapter one chapter two i it's like a reward for me when i finish a chapter i'm like oh i get to name my next chapter (laughs) it's it's like a reward wait it's a meme. It's going around, you oh, know, okay. or they just they get something kind of weird or ridiculous, and they're just like, it's like a reward. It's like <laughs> a reward. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really like naming my chapters. Although when I'm reading, I'm not thinking about that. Like if an author doesn't name the chapters, I'm like, yeah, whatever. So it's not a huge thing. But I I think we didn't talk much about writing prep. Mm-hmm. Like, because you don't really, because there aren't many examples, because you don't really know what other authors do. I really like to outline. I used to not do this. I've been doing it more lately because, like, it's just so much easier when you get stuck. You're like, oh, I have the handy dandy outline. <laughs> Although then you do get stuck writing the outline. But yes. I do like to outline and plan a little bit. I'm not a mega planner. I know some people like do research. There's like, actually names for the two different types of writing. I know. And we talked about it in one of my favorite writing classes, but I don't remember what they were called. One of them is called Pants, I think. What? <laughs> Wait. I don't think we were told the same ones. <laughs> oh, I think it was like an exploration writer. And um, I found it. Okay. It's plotters versus pantsers. <laughs> and so plotters will do what you say uh-huh. and they'll like outline things. They'll make sure they know what's going to happen before they dive in. But then with pantsers, like me, <laughs> you just dive at first without knowing where you're going with it, and you yeah. just start writing and make it up as you go, sort of. I was told um, it was like exploration, where you're exploring the territory you're writing as you do it, versus like preparing beforehand, mm. which is much less comical. I, <laughs> yes, I enjoy calling myself a pantser. But um, yes, um, I honestly preparation does backfire on me sometimes because like then I'll be like I don't know but sometimes I'm like oh I thought I liked that one but then I started writing I'm like okay <laughs> I mean you can change whatever you want exactly exactly um and as for like angle I forgot to talk about this when I was talking about the angle of my story I tend to have I don't know why I tend to have a girl main character mm-hmm. and it's something it's just like automatic to me I don't know I, think I guess it's because I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably it. I know yeah. that there was a time when female main characters were not really accepted right. in a lot of books, like in the YA realm especially. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of uh, come to a halt, and I've mm-hmm. seen a lot more female main characters yes and I think that's because there's a lot more women writers nowadays because I know even JK Rowling yeah and that was I don't know when before my time uh, when she released her first book before Harry Potter 
she released it under a male pseudonym because she knew that if she put her own name out there and like marketed herself as a woman writer, she would not get as many sales. Like people would not want to buy her book as much. So I think we've overcome that though. Yeah. And we talked about purple prose. Um, (laughs) I like, I think that I go out of my way to try to have good descriptions because I really like reading fun descriptions. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a huge, like, I'm, I'm, I'll never be an Oscar Wilde or any, you know, but, um, hey, don't say never. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm not sure that I want to be an Oscar Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean writing wise, yes. not lifestyle yes. Anyways, um, but I do like, I do like sprinkling it in. Do you tend to do that? Uh, sometimes I've recently realized that I love describing clothes in my narrative. So Juniper, uh, you'll remember her if you've listened to the episodes where we talk about our own writing. Juniper, in her position, she gets to wear like all these fun, uh, ornamental, Mm -hmm. like ceremonial clothes. And I love describing them and coming up with them. Like, I draw the outfit out first to get the colors and everything down. And then I just, I love describing clothes. That's so cool. Yeah. I, kind of along that same line, I'm, I've realized in reading that I'm obsessed with, like, similes. Mm -hmm. And, like, especially, like, I've read a lot of books where similes are very basic, which is fine. But I really love, like, the, you know, s- the longer similes where they're weirdly specific. I don't know. It's just something that I really love reading. And I started to subconsciously slip into my writing just here and there. But I yeah. love similes so much. I think they help, like, I don't know. I think it helps description, especially if you have a more flowery writing style. You might have already answered this, but do you think your writing style is more character-based or more plot-slash-world-based? You know, I'm not 100% sure because I used to think it was character-based. I think it was at one point. And I think now I'm leaning more plot. Well, I think, like, the story wouldn't be how it is without the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it is a little bit more world-based. But I just, like, I really do like focusing on character development. Yeah. So um, I I don't know for sure. I think mine is kind of split between world and character. Yeah, um, just because I had to create like a entirely yeah. new world and working with like magic systems and stuff, but also I I really love my characters and yes. writing with them. Yeah. All right, we should probably okay. wrap yeah. this up. That's all I have. So yeah. So uh, let us know what your writing style is, what you like to look for in writing styles, and we will see you next time.